0: It's the criterion. It's the criterion. 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 In, in,
1: in, in. Cr- Everybody, Welcome to the Criterion Project. We are here for episode seven. We are talking about the classic film Top Hat and going can be really fun and I'm Rachel and Conrado is here. Yes he is. Hey, yes. Rachel. So how have you been? I've been pretty well. Uh, I've been very busy but I did find enough time to watch Top Hat. Which All right. That's it. Good. I'm excited. Have you had a chance to watch uh, anything else on the Criterion channel? Um, I don't think I have because I've
0: been really busy with work. But I made an interesting discovery about the Criterion channel. Yeah. Which is that uh, if you are on Letterboxd, there's a Letterboxd user named Corey Atad, And he seems to have uh, information on what movies are leaving the channel for oh. October and November of this year. So that's really uh, useful for us for planning and also for everyone who wants to know what's going to be leaving soon so they can catch up with it before it's gone.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I'll have to put a link to that in the description so people can can check it out. So so check that out. And um, because, you know,
0: we always try to um, pick movies that are going to be there for a while. So people who listen to this can catch up with them. Um, but every now and then we have, you know, we are surprised. For example, Top Hat is going to be leaving at the end of this month, so mm-hmm. um, I hope people get to catch up uh, with it before it's gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I only watched one other one. I watched uh, the Gay Divorcee, the other one of the other uh, Stare Rogers films that's on there now, and it. It was good. Uh, we'll talk about sort of their chemistry in a bit, but I do think they have wonderful chemistry and I, you know, I love screwball comedies. So I enjoyed it. It's, it's more, the gate of is more uh, challenging uh, in a way because it has, I mean, the, the dance numbers are very long. There's one that's over 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, I like. I like dance. I do, but I don't know. It's just different
0: <laughs> to have right.
1: these long, 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 long dance numbers. Uh, it's something it kind of, is just something you just don't have in movies now. So it's a little bit of a, uh, a, a surprise when you see that in these movies from the forties. Okay. 30s and forties, but I did enjoy it. It was, it was fun. I top hat is still my favorite. Uh, and I, uh, I, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk more about that, but, uh, okay. but yeah, I, I think that they were definitely going to see why they're one of those iconic couples because they're just great together. So it was fun to watch. And, uh, so yeah, so let's, let's dive into top hat. Let's talk about it. So sure uh, it was this your first, uh, Rogers and Astaire movie that you'd seen? it was
0: it definitely was um yeah so should we give a little back back like info general information Mm -hmm. about top hat yeah so So, it came out in 1935 and it was not their first collaboration right i think the gay divorcee was their first uh
1: it was uh yeah it was directed by mark sandrich who directed most of their pairings together and mm-hmm. uh, and what's in, I guess what's kind of interesting about him is that um, it's sad. I mean, he died at a pretty young age. It, uh, he was only 44 when he died. But mm-hmm. his uh, son Jay Sandridge mm-hmm. is very famous as a TV director. He yes. was a director for particularly Mary Tyler Moore Show, The Cosby Show, and Golden Girls. Uh, mm-hmm. so he was uh, very influential in that way and uh so yeah it's kind of an interesting uh interesting pairing and uh yeah it's a screwball romantic uh comedy and mm-hmm. what what and do you musical. yeah what do and you know musical. about screwball yeah. romantic comedies, screwball um, comedies
0: so i think basically from what i, I understand screwball comedies are just basically a a way to describe uh, romantic comedies of a certain time, right? Of the Mm -hmm. early uh, sound era. So the talkies of the 30s and 40s. Um, And usually they're I think the thing that most people associate with them is like two people who like kind of don't like each other or have some certain misunderstanding end up falling in love eventually and there's a lot of very fast paced and witty dialogue mm-hmm. and it's like a usually it's like a tough broad and, and a guy you know um those sort of like archetypes
1: yeah and a lot of times there's sort of a mistaken identity or some kind of silly uh, mm-hmm. Aspect to it, like uh, Christmas, Con- Connecticut is one of my fa- all-time favorites. Uh, where you know she's pretending to be this perfect housewife and be married and try to mm-hmm. pretend uh, that, uh, that for this soldier. And uh, it's it it's different than like a slapstick, where it's gonna be something like a you know that you would have gotten with Chaplin or or something like that. It's more. Uh, it's not as physical. It's more more about this silly plot. There's
0: lots of what you're saying about pretending to be other people and mistaken identities Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So yeah, so it's kind of like a a farce, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, like an episode of Frasier or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Where, yeah, where there's a lot of pretending and making up lies in order to like, you know, and misunderstandings and eventually everything works out in the end.
1: Yeah. Every once in a while you'll get something that feels sort of like an homage to a screwball comedy on, uh, on, on Hallmark channel. Uh, every once in a while they'll let it be a little bit silly and a little, uh, you'll have the, uh, the fake fiance or the, the, uh, it it gets a little, especially in like the early part of Hallmark from like, mm, like 2010 to 2013 like some of the early movies were more silly they've gotten they moved away from that uh, but every once in a while you'll see it kind of come in they'll, they'll get sort of bonkers and be kind of fun and uh, and uh that's i enjoy that <laughs> it's like yeah. being a little silly you know mm-hmm. kind of thing and yeah. Yeah. so yeah this i mean this movie was right up my alley it's uh, definitely the kind of thing that i like and yeah, it's, it stars uh, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, who were uh, obviously a, uh, they were kind of the Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks of, of that era, you know, as far as a, a team that you think of together. And I think with good cause, I thought they had such great chemistry.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, was, uh, this seems to be their most successful movie together, right? At mm-hmm. least at the box office. And for a long time, also, uh, critics agreed that it was the best. Mind a lot of people I saw in my uh, researching for this episode saying mm-hmm. that I, it's actually Swing Time is there, there, the best one because it has the, the best dancing, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one that I didn't get to see because it was, um, it was off the Criterion channel last month. Right. But um, but I don't know what what do you think? You saw two of them. You definitely prefer this to the gay divorcee. It seems right.
1: Um, yeah, I mean I don't know. The, the, it's just a question of uh, dancing versus plot. Like I like this plot. Uh, it's a very simple plot, but I don't know. I liked. It's just. It's just hard to watch seventeen minutes of. Of, uh, dance with i don't know it's weird i maybe i'm unsophisticated in that level <laughs> but it's <laughs> a long time uh and uh, you know but you see it in tons of movies from that era like american paris uh singing in the rain has you know the huge oh, Pablo yeah. ballet uh i'm not i'm not as into i'm not as into dancing as i am into singing
0: okay well, this movie has a lot of of dancing. Um, it has a yeah. little bit of singing too. Um, what should we talk about next? Why don't we explain the plot a little bit before we get into the details? Right?
1: Okay. Yeah. The music is by Irving Berlin, who is the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah. So the uh, uh, the most famous song in the movie is definitely "Cheek to Cheek," and and that whole sequence was really fun i i really enjoyed it but uh but yeah i don't know i just like the story a little better than the gay divorcee story but basically it's about this uh of astaire plays this dancer uh who comes to london with one of his friends named horace and edward horton is also in the gay divorcee i don't know if he's in all of them but anyway his friend Lane's his friend while uh, while practicing uh his dance he wakes up the hotel guest downstairs or keeps her from falling asleep, I guess. And that's, uh, Ginger Rogers. And she comes up frustrated, uh, confronts him about the noise and they immediately have that spark. And, uh, and then she, then they separate. He tries to find her, but she thinks that he is, that he's Horace who is married to her friend named Madge, mm-hmm. and uh, so he finds her, and uh, he, he he's completely smitten with her. He proposes to her, and she's just shocked because how could he do such a thing when he's married? And it's very like it's, it's very screwball. It's very over the top. You know that it's it's, understanding. Yeah, and uh, and so she agrees to marry this kind of foppish designer Mm -hmm. as the
0: bedini
1: yeah yeah alberto (laughs) and uh and then so horace's friend uh named bates pretends to be a priest to conduct the ceremony and then eventually everything is resolved and everything's put in place and and uh so that's that's the basic plot Mm -hmm. and uh but what did you, what was your overall thought about the movie? Did you, did you enjoy it? Um,
0: yeah, my overall thought, I enjoyed it, uh, for the most part. I have to say the parts that I enjoyed the most, maybe we are going to disagree on this, but I love every time there was singing and dancing and then the plot parts of the story. I wasn't so into, uh-huh. um, I don't know. I have to admit, this is the time in which I, I, I have to show, uh, my lack of expertise i have not seen that many 30s movies um it's a decade of a film that i have uh you know i don't have that much experience with so i don't know uh in context how uh let's say how to uh, analyze this movie in comparison to movies of the time in which it was made if you know Mm -hmm. what i'm talking about right like um so i don't know if if the fact that i thought that the comedy was like a little slow paced and that sort of thing is something that was just the norm back in the 30s or is it like this movie you know what i mean so but that was basically what i was struggling with was a little bit of the the pacing of the of the comedic scenes in which were just dialogue but then every time mm-hmm. there was any singing or dancing i was into it completely mm-hmm. you know so that was my biggest hurdle but you seem to, to have loved it so what do you think about that?
1: yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really liked all the song and dance numbers I thought were really good, and there weren't any that that kind of dragged for me that sometimes, like I said, sometimes some of these dance numbers will just be a little long for me uh and uh I, maybe I'm just not that sophisticated when it comes to it comes to dancing uh And, uh, but I, you know, I love Irvin Berlin. His his songs are the best. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I just thought they had, I thought the banter was really well done. I thought they had great chemistry and, you know, I really like screwball comedies. So I, I enjoyed it. And, uh, I feel like a, a movie like this, it, yeah, it does need to have really good dance and really good, uh, really good music but also great chemistry, and uh, I don't know, there were enough points to make me laugh. I mean, I'd, I'd put it right up there with uh, with Singing in the Rain. Uh, that oh, wow. I would. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it, and uh, so... Well, it's
0: certainly regarded as a classic, so I think I'm a bit of the minority here, but um, um, I did enjoy the supporting characters. I mean, the guy who plays the Bedini, the Italian yeah. with like a totally ridiculous accent. I thought that was pretty that was pretty funny. And then I did love uh the wife of Horace, her name is Match, right? And she's yeah, played Madge. by Helen Broderick. And I thought she was she had some of the best lines. There's one wooden when she says something like, Well, we all know that old men are uh, males and she says it with such a disdain, which <laughs> I thought was really funny. Um <laughs> Yeah. yeah so so i definitely think there's a lot of funny things in the movie there was just something about the pacing and but then every time they started singing or dancing it was i don't know i felt like that's where fred uh Stair and ginger writers were totally totally comfortable and in mm-hmm. control you know they were it, obviously i'm like the yeah. million person to say this but they're incredible dancers you know oh my gosh
1: yeah they were incredible and uh yeah i thought this one did a good job of of weaving that all together whereas like obviously i still think that that these movies with super super long dance numbers are good i still like them and i can appreciate them but i just prefer ones that kind of i feel like get the balance a little bit better and Mm uh but i I don't know if that makes sense
0: I feel like what I what maybe what would have made it for me is not necessarily longer dance sequences, but more dancing. I feel like in the second half of the movie, especially when there's a lot of plot and misunderstandings to untie, Uh that's where we you know, we don't get as many dance as much dancing and as much singing as you know, as the first half, which I like better.
1: So you might like the gay divorcee better. because it definitely has more dancing for sure. Interesting. What was your favorite dance
0: sequence or musical sequence in the movie?
1: Um, so yeah, so there's uh, there's four major dance sequences uh, in the movie. The first one, no strings, and that's his tap dancing number that gets Rogers to come up to her, his hotel room. Yeah. Which is delightful. I love tap dancing. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know, yeah. it's just the best. There's
0: a lot of tap dancing here, and they're both great at it.
1: Yeah. And it makes me think of my grandma, who's like my favorite person, and she loved tap dancing anytime she even took tap dancing classes with my aunt Jody when she was like just uh so i it always makes me smile tap dancing, and so that was delightful and uh then and then uh, there's isn't this a lovely day mm-hmm. and that's when they just first start talking. That's in the what?
0: park, right? What's that? That's when they're in the park and mm-hmm. under the rain, and
1: yeah, mm-hmm. that was a really great number. Uh, it starts out just talking about the water, the weather, and they get kind of increasingly flirty through the course of the dance. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. And uh, and then there's um, uh, there's top hat, white tie, and tails, and mm-hmm. this is another tap song uh and they worked really hard i was in my research i found they worked really hard to make these dance sequences feel like one take as much Mm -hmm. as possible uh and uh said they did did have to do obviously more than one take but the you know the the attempt was there to try to make it feel like particularly in this song that it was one take
0: yeah from what i saw um It was apparently Fred Astaire had very strong feelings about doing all the dancing in one take so that it's, you know, Mm -hmm. he felt like that was the real way to experience dance was like make it as close as seeing it live as possible and that would mean no cutting.
1: Mm -hmm. Which is really cool. Very modern. (laughs) yeah one take nowadays um and then finally my favorite number is the sort of the final number of cheek to cheek uh which i think is a great song irving berlin and it's uh it's uh, the longest song that berlin ever wrote evidently and uh uh it's the most famous uh it's one of the most famous uh, astara rogers dances that was a fun one Mm mm-hmm that was cheek to cheek right Mm mm-hmm yeah I like I like that one and closing number with the when they're in Venice Um,
0: yes so what was my favorite I think was the one in the park isn't it a lovely day I feel like that's when they that's the two of them together and when they're like you say it's very flirty and they're starting to you know go from animosity especially in Ginger Rogers character to actually liking uh, For the stare character and falling in love with him, and I think they 're great at it. I think they um, the way they balance you know sort of like being a little uncomfortable with each other and then growing comfortable, but at the same time dancing as effortlessly as they do it's really impressive to me
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and it's so impressive to me back then that I feel like the i don't know this these stars like gene kelly and fred astaire they're so versatile you know what i mean not only are they charming with the acting and charming with the but they can they are incredible incredible dancers and it's certainly i think serviceable singers and uh and but they also did all the choreography for these sequences uh which is really impressive i mean you look at everybody was freaking out about la la land (laughs) it's they weren't out there doing the choreography that's for sure and i i don't know i i just think that's something that i just is really really impressive that we that they just had such such a wide-ranging skill set particularly the two of them
0: yeah i think the the whole La la land thing has a lot to do not only with with the level of of talent but the fact that Hollywood musicals um, have really been laid by the wayside, right? And there's not an emphasis in, you know, back in the 30s, back when these guys were stars, in order to be a star in Hollywood, you had to dance, you had to sing, right? Because there were so many musicals being produced and it was a legitimate way to become a star, was to be a song and dance person. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case now, you know? And talking about like one take dancing, uh, I think there was something relatively impressing about La La Land was that they were trying to replicate that sort of no cut dancing where you can actually see it, right? Like I feel like a lot of other musicals that have danced, no, they, they tend to cut much faster in order to be mm-hmm. more like a music video that, you know and sometimes in order to mask that the performers don't know how to dance that well because right. they haven't been trained in this way, right?
1: yeah especially uh, that was one thing I didn't like in um in Chicago right yeah Chicago the a good editing there
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah, and there's some other I can't think of the of the other uh, examples that I had in mind, but yeah, but it happens quite often nowadays
1: mm. yeah um, so and we've had a bit of a a uh probably because of La, La land we had a bit of a musical resurgence, which is nice uh in the last couple of years but uh we're still waiting for that uh true in my opinion at least we're still waiting for that true uh musical kind of masterpiece we haven't had well
0: we only have to wait till december when cats and
1: then everything's gonna be fine Yeah. yeah It'll be definitely destined for the criterion jam <laughs> oh absolutely, for sure, no doubt about it uh so uh so the yeah, so those are really all pretty great uh musical numbers, and I mean they're just I just think their chemistry was so wonderful mm-hmm. between the two, of yeah them.
0: well, yeah, especially when they dance, I think you know one th- other thing that i I wish uh Uh, is that um, the singing and the dancing, there's so much, Astaire does so much singing and Ginger Rogers doesn't really sing until the last song. And I thought that, um, yeah, I was just hoping that there would be a moment where we get a little more of, you know, like she has maybe a one tap number on her own. I don't know what was going on there, if that was just how it was back then. I don't know, but um, yeah.
1: That's true. Uh, That's a good point, Yeah she doesn't have her a solo uh in uh yeah. in this one at all and i can't remember i don't think in gay divorcee she does either Uh you know the especially the last number like she finally kind of knows uh knows the real identity so this is the mm-hmm. that's the first one that they're a true kind of couple i guess if that makes sense and everything else there's sort of this this tension between the two of them and then you know in yeah. Geek, so
0: yeah you're saying that's why she sings in the last one as in not yeah. in the others that makes sense yeah that is that seems like a you know like a like a specific character choice that they're making um yeah, I guess it makes sense for the story. I just, you know, I just was just wondering. It's just because I was waiting for it. I was like, okay, when is she going to have her number? And then it just didn't really come. Yeah. Even though she's great anytime she dances. So, you know, it's not like she didn't get to showcase right. her talents.
1: Yeah. Uh, so maybe she wasn't great at top, as good at tap dancing. I, I don't know. Well, I think
0: from, I'm not sure if this is totally true, but from what I've read, it seems like, Fred Astaire was regarded as a, in a way, as a much more of a, of a tap dancing, uh, you know, like great than Ginger Rogers, right? And and people always talked about him and not so much about her. And I wonder which came first. But there's this very famous, and I don't know if it's actually real, uh, story about people asking her, um, if she's as good a tap dancer as Fred Astaire, and she responded supposedly saying. Well, I do everything he does. I just do it backwards and in heels double standard in that way.
1: that's funny that's cool that I don't know I like that she sounds like a cool lady uh and uh yeah it would be interesting it would be interesting to know but but anyway, so there yeah, there you go. It's a pretty simple movie, yeah, uh, as far as you know what it's trying to do, but I just found it really entertaining and I really enjoyed watching it and so uh, what do you think makes this a Criterion film?
0: Um, I think it has a lot to do with the, um, the sort of, like, the legend of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers as, like, these amazing musical, um, performers, right, and movie stars. Um, well, we, we should say that, um, this movie is in the Criterion channel, but Technically, no. has not been released as a Criterion DVD. Right. Only one of the Fred Astaire and Rogers movies that's been released is that is Swing Time, which also made me wonder, maybe that's why people have like suddenly decided that that's the best one, maybe just because it's the one that was released <laughs> by Criterion. Maybe. Sometimes it happens like that a little bit, I feel like. Um, but I think this definitely is regarded as a classic, yeah. and um, it makes sense that it would be showcased. Also because I feel like the Criterion collection doesn't have that many musicals in it. And it's one of their blind spots. So I'm, I'm happy that they are like, you know, showcasing some of that. I yeah. feel like since musicals tend to be comedic and light, especially early musicals, um, and we tend to associate Criterion with like serious art cinema, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. nice that they're branching out into that.
1: And there's not that many romantic comedies in the Criterion. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of nice too uh yeah i mean i just say it's just such so well made on so many levels as far as the dance and also the you know if you're looking at as a screwball comedy i think it's very well well done and uh so yeah what where do you think it ranks on the criterion scale as far as uh the scale of pretentiousness like we like to talk about
0: (laughs) right i think this is absolutely not pretentious at all this you know back when it was made this is like the avengers end game of its time basically it's just like popcorn for the masses right
1: Mm -hmm. same i i completely agree i i said not pretentious at all
0: (laughs) yeah exactly that's what i would say too (laughs) yeah Um,
1: which is refreshing a
0: little bit i feel like uh (laughs) yeah no it's nice and it's one of those things that you can only really sometimes appreciate as time passes, you know, like, and you look back and you realize how some things, some pieces of art that were dismissed as pure entertainment or whatever were actually much more, you know, valuable than you
1: thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And so, all right. uh, Let's uh, talk about uh, our next, uh, next step. So what we, uh, yeah. have, been, have planned for October.
0: Well, I actually have a bunch of trivia uh, that I have uh, still for my research about Top Hat, if you want to hear yeah. that really quick. Oh, let's do it. Just a couple of things. One is that apparently Lucille Ball is in this movie in a very sh- a small role. Oh. She plays the. She was very young at the time, and she plays the, she plays the flower girl. I don't know if you remember early in the movie, there's a scene in which he buys flowers for Ginger Rogers uh-huh. to send her room, and then there's this flower uh, clerk, a man, and then this girl who are talking about like who they basically deliver the exposition of who Ginger Rogers is and that she's engaged and whatever to this Italian guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And that girl is Lucille Ball. I didn't recognize her, but then I read this on Wikipedia. That was uh, that is cool. Um, I also have Cheek to Cheek was nominated for the original song Oscar in 1935 but it lost, shockingly, to a song that I've never heard of called Lullaby of Broadway from the movie Gold Diggers of 35. So um, probably
1: not the right call. <laughs> probably not. It sounds familiar to me, the l- lullaby, lullaby Broadway, Broadway. for Maybe some it's reason. It's a well-known song.
0: I mean, you know, I, w- I hope it is, since it beat out one of the great standards of American, you know, songbook.
1: Yeah, I'm I was just looking it up and it looks like it was sung by Doris Day.
0: Uh oh, probably in a cover. I think 35 is a little yeah. early for Doris Day.
1: Yeah, in um uh it looks like she did it in uh in ni- like 1950. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. So, she may have made it made it famous uh oh it's from 42nd street or it's on 42nd street that's uh well that's probably where i heard it is it's in on the musical 42nd street well there you go yeah but yeah you're right i mean yeah. hello <laughs> irving berlin uh that is interesting that He probably
0: did win a bunch of oscars in his day though i have to assume that he must have won at some point i would think so actually i'm gonna look that up right now as we talk <laughs> well yeah, so um, Top Hat also got nominated for Best Picture, but it didn't uh, win. It lost to Mutiny on the Bounty, oh. which uh, I've never seen, but it's supposed to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. Clark Gable um, won. Yeah, Clark Gable and uh, some other folks. And then the last bit of trivia, trivia that I have is, I thought it was interesting. There's Apparently there was this award called the Golden Apple Awards, and this is a thing that was given out by an by like a women's association in Hollywood mm-hmm. that was supposed to reward the best the like best behaved and worst behaved actors on set. <laughs> apparently, like the most compare, co, um, you know cooperative and the yeah. least cooperative actors. And in the fir- very first instance of this award, which was given up to 2001, apparently, oh really? I never heard of it. But and um, the very first year 1941 betty davis and bob hope won the most cooperative and fred rogers and ginger i mean ginger rogers not fred rogers that's a different guy and (laughs) fred astaire they won the least cooperative apparently i don't know what they were doing but um
1: something was going on that's funny uh yeah so irving berlin did win best original song uh for white christmas of course uh, another yeah. classic hello in holiday inn which was also directed by mark sandridge so there we there. go yeah so well,
0: it's good for urban Ir- berlin <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh but yeah that's interesting and uh so we we should say i forgot to say at the beginning that we have now our own feed for the criterion project uh that it's not on rachel's reviews anymore and uh, it's uh, it's it's with Anchor Podcasts that we've uploaded. And, and it'll slowly go to more and more of the services. Uh, it's, I'm not exactly 100% sure how that all works and how you get approved for the different services with Anchor. But anyway, we've just barely gotten it set up. Uh, it has its own feed on Anchor. And so we'll put a link that people can hopefully check that out. And you can listen to the whole, uh, all the episodes, all seven episodes that we've done so far. And uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, we should also thank our friend Michael Red for doing the theme song for the Criterion Project. You can find his stuff online. He has a couple Mm -hmm. of songs out that you guys should listen to there. I think they're pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I guess before we go, we should talk about our next episode. Yeah, yeah. So our next episode is my uh, turn to pick. And uh, it's going to be October, famously a spooky month. So I wanted to do something a little uh, horror related or spooky. And I've decided to do uh, Werner Herzog's remake of Nosferatu, which is called Nosferatu the Vampire.
1: Yeah so this is going to be really fun i love good werner herzog and uh i, I like a, a fun you know scary move especially around uh i'll i'll i will already be uh in, yeah, in, already be uh, in christmas mode. i will already be in christmas mode with the rest of my stuff so it'll be nice to uh to get in a little bit of halloween so it should be really fun i'm looking forward to it
0: Oh, good. Yeah. I think it's, it should be a fun episode. Bernard Herzog and Klaus Kinski, they're always crazy. So mm-hmm. who should be plenty to talk about it.
1: Yeah. So let us know in the comment section or on Twitter, what you think of Top Hat, what's your favorite uh, Rogers and the Stare, uh movie. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, yeah, if you, if you're excited about us, doing if you have any thoughts about uh nosferatu the vampire let us know that would be really fun as well absolutely we have our own twitter handle now which is very exciting so make sure to follow us at criterion pod on twitter and uh, we'll try to be posting uh trivia and uh and just insights and things we think as as uh, the month moves along and uh so definitely check that out at criterion pod on twitter yes great yes so uh conrado where can people find you uh probably on twitter is the best way to
0: find me and that would be at coco hits new york great
1: and you can find me at rachel's reviews all over social media itunes youtube and uh and on round tomatoes so check that out all right yes So thanks so much. This was really fun. And uh, we will talk about Nosferatu next month. We will. (laughs) Bye. Movie time's coming. (laughs)